Maternity care as we know it has remained pretty much unchanged for years. But today, we're on the cusp of a revolution. Remote care and connected care are driving forces in this transformation. And the question that looms large is, what is needed to bring maternity care into the 21st century? In this episode, I'm joined by Anushka Gungarden from Heramed. And in this episode, we talk about how Heramed is delivering on their primary goal of revolutionising maternity care. We learn about some of the challenges and limitations in the current maternity care landscape that need to be addressed and the role of technology to enhance maternity care for patients around the world. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritise content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or ten minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. G'day, Anushna. Thanks for joining on the show. Hi. Lovely to be here, Pete. Excellent. It's great to be able to chat with you and explore all the stuff that you've been doing with Heramed and just generally across the ecosystem. But I'll give you the opportunity to introduce yourself firstly. Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. So right now I am the exec VP for ANZ for Heramed and Heramed is a maternity and pregnancy company. We are digitalizing how pregnancy care is experienced and delivered. I am on the council of Deakin University and non-executive director of a couple of other edtech, fintech. I've been in Australia for 10 years, moved here from 11 years being in Beijing, China, originally from Mauritius. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Love it. And so you're leading the, did you say the Australian, New Zealand or APAC area of Heramed? So it's a global organization? Yes, we are global. We are Australian listed company and our two biggest market, most advanced Australia and the US. However, we have work starting in a number of other countries. So I want to understand a little bit more. You mentioned about digitizing the pregnancy care process. So, so tell me a little bit more about what the solution actually is. Well, I might go to the start, which is where pregnancy care was created. So essentially, someone's pregnant, they find out they're pregnant, they go to their GP, and often they go to their OBGYN or they stay with their GP, and then they have a number of visits that they need to do. And at each visit, there's different tests that is done. And that's if you're a low-risk pregnancy. Obviously, high-risk pregnancy will go with a different plan. And the timing of those visits, at what point we do them, This has been created and hasn't changed for almost a century, so about 100 years ago. So we're still delivering maternity care in the same way. Also, it's centric. It's built around a hospital or a care provider. So at Heramed, we're looking at where we are now. Look at mom's life. We're working. We're no longer at home. We've got a couple of children. We're taking care of all of that. We've got technology in our hand. So we have created a solution that is mom-centric at the same time delivering the same level of medical care 
and in partnership with their care provider. So there's education, empowerment, also making it convenient, but at the same level of medical grade care. So there's no change in safety, accuracy. That's in a nutshell. So changing yeah. the way care has been delivered because it hasn't changed for a hundred years. And so why does it need to change? Because it hasn't changed for a long period of time. And you mentioned this concept of mum-centric, which I might come into a little bit more, but I guess some might argue if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why do we need to fix it? I don't know if it's not broken. I tell yeah. you, I had my two pregnancies when I was working in a law firm in China. I had to leave my office, drive, Beijing traffic, go to my visit, come back. That was a lot of time. If I could do some of them remotely, digitally, and still get all the information, get everything I needed, I would have preferred. That was half a day. Now, when you come to the second pregnancy, you've got a, another child in tow. Some of us have more than that. We were lucky we had a nanny at home. But, you know, if I were pregnant in Australia, I probably wouldn't have had that luxury. So when you look at that, a lot of it could have been done virtually. It needs to change because we have technology that is making our life easier. It's in every other field, every other aspect of our life. Why not education? Why not health? And the other part is I educated myself what to expect, what not to expect. Too often we don't know enough. And still, I think a lot needs to be said. You know, a lot needs to be shared around women's health, not just in pregnancy, but across from very early stages to your menopause. We need to really talk a lot more about that. So, we have education that is delivered at the week of pregnancy, you're right, what to expect, what is your mood, what to expect of your baby. All of that makes the pregnancy experience quite different. It's very empowering because there's a lot of what we don't know. I'm from Mauritius. I had my pregnancies in China. My mom wasn't there. So even having that community, I was the first one to be pregnant in our group of friends. So no one knew. So to be able to be part and have connected and continuous care would have changed my experience. And I was one of more or less low-risk pregnancies. Now, if you have a high-risk pregnancy, that increases and changes a lot of that. So the peace of mind, the education. At Heramed, we are able to connect a number of devices. So blood pressure, we have our own fetal heartbeat monitor, uh, your urine test, glucose test, all of that can be done remotely. You don't need to wait a month to see your doctor if you have any question, because if anything is also out of your normal range, there are triggers. There's actions for you to take. There's actions for your care provider to take. So that's where I believe it has to change based on my own experience. I imagine there's many mums around as well that would believe the same thing because it's logistically a challenge for your first, and as you say, with more and particularly depending on how fortunate you are to have a supporting community around you or even team, depending on what healthcare you can afford where you are in the world, that there's certainly a space for technology to play a role there. As you were talking there, it sounds like the solution that you've got is very well integrated into, say, on the provider side. But when you mentioned this concept around being mum-centric, it made me originally think of like the app store is not short of apps that individuals have created to help people who might be pregnant. But that's very... They live in their own little bubble and might be about tracking of feeding, whatever it might be. Yeah. But this sounds like much, you mentioned being able to integrate with different tools and remote patient monitoring. So who's the focus here? Is it the clinician and the workflow or the, a bit of everything? Look, it's on both. Uh, but before I go there, I also want to mention in terms, you know, I was a working mum in Metro, but this is applicable. And for remote rural, there are some women travel four or five hours to even get to care. So yeah. in terms of that application, it's just, it is mum-centric, but not just one type of mum. There's in the implementation of it is where we can really customize. 
how it is used. We can go back to that. Coming to use, so it has a, two sides to it. So as a mom, you have an app on the App Store. It's called Heracare. And in there, you download that app is where you will have your pregnancy care plan. That's where it will live. But that care plan is created by your physician, your GP, your midwife, your OBGYN. And there's real-time feedback. So mom can be sitting at home. It's her visit or in the office. She will do the fetal heart rate monitoring. The doctor is able to see that right away. The information that sits and lives there will be different for each mother, will be different for each pregnancy. So it's really customized. Someone who has gestational diabetes will have very different care plan to someone who has a completely low-risk pregnancy. So the information that is there is available, tip of the hand. It's also, we check moods, for example. If mom say, oh, I'm not feeling great today, then there are some actions, maybe have a walk. There's some yoga that have been created typically for mom, for our community. They may be said, okay, do a breathing session for 10 minutes and then do it again. If blood pressure is high, then the action is take it in 20 minutes. And if it's still high, then there's a trigger, call your hospital, call your doctor, and your care provider is able to get that same information. There's a trigger for them as well to get in touch. So it is mum-centric, but there's two sides to it, and it is live. The same information is fed there. So when you take your blood pressure for the mum, it goes on the app, and it is at the same time also visible for the physician, and same for heart rate, glucose, mm. and the rest. And is there a particular stage of the, call it pregnancy journey, that the app, focuses on because it's journey is probably an understatement I would imagine for people who are pregnant yeah well the moment they go to a doctor and if that doctor is offering or that hospital is offering Herimed as part of their care plan standard of care they will be able to get on the Hericare app so for the app the information the education component is available there the care is available there. It's the test, the connected devices that will come at different stages of their pregnancy. And obviously, you know, you to detect a heart rate, a fetal heart rate, it's around the 20, 24. Those will be the weeks where they start. And blood pressure and diabetes, for example, if you have gestational diabetes at different times in your pregnancy, it will be more frequent, it will be daily. So all of that then happens. But yeah, essentially, we have a partnership with Mayo Clinic. So all the generic education is taken from the Mayo Clinic and converted into bite size. That is then fed through the care plan. If you're week 20, you'll get different information to week 24. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. 
and to say thanks for your input. Everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. We also customize it and add all the Australian relevant information that any practice needs to have. Also, there's the state level medical guidelines that all go into the app and is then provided to mums. I was thinking about that. There's yeah. not even just a local national requirement that would need to be built in, well, but also yeah. state by state too. So yeah. that's good that you're Yeah, we need that. the governance and compliance based on the guidelines and as well as providers. Some have, for example, through COVID, there were different tests that needed to be done in different states. A private practice will have a different set of information maybe around that fits their yeah. criteria that maybe a public hospital wouldn't have the same ones or other, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Well, actually, building on this concept around public versus private or public and private care, and you mentioned, you know, the Mayo Clinic in the US and how before you were talking about this is an issue that can impact you if you're in a metro area or in a rural and remote space. Yeah. This kind of technology surely has pivotal, part, like a crucial part in trying to improve equity of access to these types of care, right? Yeah, 100%. And the technology is there. It's in the implementation that it is different. And that's the lens we take. What works in a public hospital is quite different to what will work in a private setting and for a rural setting. So we work closely with partners essentially to have a level of, often the trial could be about implementation. We do a part of it on how it fits into the workflow. How is it adding value to mum? How is it building productivity and saving time and efficiency? So those are all the different deliverables we look for and measure. And it may be worth mentioning, we have about 3,000 mums and now have gone through the platform. We've got a lot of data points and obviously a lot of what we measure in pregnancy has never been measured before and now getting more and more of that continuous care. We've had clinical trials, it's been published, and we are really in this phase of now go-to-market and implementation. And again, we are not going to, let's say, a remote setting and say, this is how it works in this hospital, that's how you do it. No, the technology is there, the implementation still needs to be a fit for purpose. And that's the yeah. approach, that's where we are on our journey. No, that's definitely important. I guess any good implementation and execution of technologies requires that buy-in from the different stakeholders, be it the frontline clinicians, but also more broadly the ecosystem too, and whether it be at a, at a government level from a funding side. Like, What kind of work do you think is needed to be done across the different parts of the ecosystem to make these types of technologies more accessible for people who need them? Yeah. I think we need to really take a step back and look at what the future of health is. What is the future of hospital? really a lot of it will be at home. And then what are everyone needs to come together because what we do very well, but we are only one part in this mm. journey. If we look at the patient and you think of pregnancy in this case, it's a life, it's a life event. It's not a disease. It's not an illness. It can be, have some complication, but a lot of that can also be reduced if we have continuous care. So if you look at any human and our medical need and we build a system around that, then all the different players should really come together. So we bring something, but we definitely need our partners to be on board. We need the buy-in. We need to look at what the future of health looks like, what it's costing us now, what it could cost us, and where could we save and then put that bucket of money. The little fixes, I think, will not deliver the lasting results we need. We're living longer, 
We want to live better and healthier. So for me, government needs to be looking at that. Where are we making the policy changes? It has to be even all of government, women's health, technology, health, all of them need to work together. And then we need buy-in from decision makers within the institution. So your hospitals and the medical profession, midwifery, maybe, you know, even going to universities where we're delivering education. So if we mm. think of it and look, this is a roadmap. Well, this is where we are today. This is where we want to be and then build. But I think collaboration is really key. And for me, if there's one thing I had a magic wand to change would be, you know, let's take a chance. Let's not just look at risk because we look at risk based on how we have been doing things, not necessarily how some of it will work out or we think of how it will work out based on the experience we have had. But here we're rethinking it. We're doing it quite differently. So I think if we could change a little bit about in the risk appetite, we'd go a long mm. way. The risk of inaction sometimes is greater, but that can be difficult to, yeah. to quantify. And I think as you were talking to, there could be health systems or hospital groups or, or clinics even that look go well. I get it. Like we, the telehealth will play an important part of pregnancy care, but we have telephones and we have a patient portal to an EMR. But I think you gave some good examples of when you said before that you do something, you do it really well. I think that the last thing we want to be doing is giving patients a sub-level of care or uncertainty and vagueness because in the absence of any kind of clarity, people assume the worst or they jump on Google and they do stuff themselves. So being able to go with a platform that knows that workflow or that process, that patient flow really well, I guess the reason why a lot of hospitals may not incorporate a bespoke solution is that if it operates in its own little silo and doesn't connect nicely with the process, because the last thing that a nurse or a doctor wants to do is log in another system and and confuse a patient. So yeah, that's something I'm sure that you think about regularly in those discussions. Yeah, we're cognizant of that because we want to make it better, not harder and not another place to plug in. Yeah. So we've yeah. been built with that mindset of integration, of reducing workflow, of productivity gain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, what excites you about the future here in terms of this space? You touched on what you'd do if you had that magic wand, but in particular, what can we look forward to seeing from Heramed in Australia and other parts across the next 6, 12, 24? Yeah, look, I've been with Heramed for a year and in the last year, we've had partnerships in public hospital We've launched in private practice. We've just signed our partnership with Telstra Health, where her care will be part of the offering through medical director. So going to GPs. So we're yeah, looking nice. at all the touch points with mums, and those are the channels we want to go to. For me, having had a career in corporate, having been and continued to be a big advocate for gender in the workplace, women in leadership, I think employers have a very big role to play. We lose a lot of leaders at the time when they go and have a baby, how can we really make places inclusive and look at the return on such investment? So those are some of the bits that I'm looking forward to. Certainly, we are doing a fair bit of effort in going into remote rural because I think that's a place where we really can make a difference. And if you look where I've had 10 years in China, I've had and continue to have experience working in India as well. And being from Mauritius, Africa is continent. I'm on a fintech. We do some work there. For me, really, where babies are born is where we need to go. Australia has a growing population, but around us, there's also a lot of growing and young population. So we get it right here, then we can also look ahead of what's around us and be able to bring a solution where there's more access and equity. 
And really, women's health is what excites me. There's not enough done. There's not enough research, not enough funding. So that's while maternity is part of that, but women's health is really what excites me. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm keen to follow with interest both progress with HeraMed and HeraCare, as well as yourself, Anushka, as you fly that flag for these important issues. So we'll put the details for everything in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and reach out if they've got any questions or keen to partner. And looking forward to catching up again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Pete. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks. And I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.